Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Friday. How are you, my friend? Man, I am doing great. Doing great. We are rounding out a, a big week this week on the World Transform. Well, you know, stuff. what we did is we, we managed to come back after good news of Palooza. You know, we worked right through the holiday week, and <laughs> yeah, we delivered right. big time our, our, our last Thanksgiving week. Our uh, Thanksgiving week was, yeah, our Thanksgiving week, we, we just went all positive. And we've, we've stayed pretty positive uh, even this week, too. So We have stayed it's positive, but we took it up a notch this week, I think, really, because the thing about Monday, we did that weird eclectic show. Then Wednesday, we did that amazing Wealth Machine show. And now here it is yeah. Friday, and Stephen, I think this has become a regular thing. You know, we have geek outs on Friday, but you know what the other thing we have every week on Friday anymore, it seems, is? <laughs> alien life. I, Aliens is what we have on Friday. I think it's Alien Friday on, on the World Transformed. I think this has become our new feature, and we weren't going to, but you yeah. brought this right before we started uh, doing this show, so thank you for, <laughs> you know, thank the, you for keeping it original- real. Well, the original, um, you know, inspiration for uh, Fast Forward Radio and now the world transformed, uh, yeah, that's that's what we called ourselves originally was Fast Forward Radio. And, uh, uh, I, you know, we it was, uh, what was the thing? Coast to Coast night? AM with Coast Art Bell. Coast to Coast AM, thank And then George Norrie took over, yeah, but that, yeah, that show. I mean, yeah, and so, I mean, and, and our thought was in the beginning that, hey, you know, uh, so many fantastic things are happening that we can have a coast-to-coast kind of show where we just we we stick to things that are not you know not too far out there and not every out there. bit is high concept, but you don't have to be kind of kooky to believe right, it, right? Because right? it's, it's all the true. Back. Yeah, <laughs> but here we find ourselves talking aliens all the time. Again. So it's, it's you know what aliens have become mainstream. You know, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know, alien news has become part of the it's, – it's like discovering exoplanets. It's like curing cancer. It's like all these other things that a coast-to-coast type show back in the 70s would have, would have been covering, you know, Laetrile and weird cancer cures and, you know, um, all, all these kinds of strange business models we talk about. Think about it. A lot of the topics we talk about would have been great for a really high-concept X-Files type show back in, the, back in the 70s or 80s. And now we talk about them, and they're all – they're all just news. I think we're catching up. We're catching up to coast to coast. I'm sure they're pushing out and, and getting weirder as, uh, as, as it goes. Well, we, but yeah. we do live in the 21st century, so you know, maybe, maybe, that's, uh, maybe that, that's, that's what we're due at this point. You know, we, yeah, I think, I think the, search, the search for alien life is becoming something that, you know, the thing is we can now see the universe so much better than we used to be able to. So before, we had to wait for them to come to us because we couldn't really see all that much. Now we got, you know, ever since Hubble and all the later telescopes and 
just our ability to process visual data and our ability to process non-visual data so much better, we've got a much better view of the universe than we did before. So in some ways, the search for intelligence and the search for life out there has just become that much more mainstream. But this story is great because they came to us once again, just, just kind of like the, as we were talking about the mysterious asteroid uh, earlier this week, we were talking about how it came into our solar system and then turned around and hightailed it out of here. It came to us, right? And here's another one that came to us, isn't it? It is. And uh, the story uh, is the, that a, cosmonauts are saying that the uh, space station bacteria uh, came from outer space. It's not Now we've talked not, about the space uh, station bacteria back. before. We know that there is which bacteria we, which we thought was amazing that Yeah, uh, I mean it's however it got there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that tells you something about bacteria that there is bacteria living on the exterior surface of the space station in low earth orbit. Right? Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. Amazing. It's there. Not exaggerating even a little bit. That's the that's the gospel truth. Now, and and so of course they they took a swab of that and uh, took it home to uh, to Russia and uh, and they're saying you know what this doesn't look like anything that uh, uh, you know developed here on on our world. This looks like it came from somewhere else. And uh, of course this is you know this is pretty controversial. You know when you make a huge claim like that. You have to have. Uh, you, you better have your uh, your proofs in order because uh, it will be attacked, and and it, and it is. It's being attacked. Uh, and but uh, it's pretty amazing that uh, you know this is not uh, some some kook in in their back room or in their garage or down in their basement or something. This is you know mainstream scientists, uh, you know from from Russia, uh, you know that is is making this claim, and so. It's it's not just the kooks anymore. It's, it's well, it's, it's cosmonauts, you know. So I mean, yeah. yeah, these are these are highly trained people, and the point yeah. is, it makes an excellent point. The bacteria was not there, and now it is. Okay, so there was no bacteria on the surface of this thing when it was on Earth. Now it's in space, and it's got bacteria on it. So you tell me where it came from, right? I mean, I think that's a <laughs> that's a pretty good prima facie case for either, something either strange. Either the biosphere of Earth extends further into space than we ever thought possible, or something else is going on, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's it is entirely possible that we're just venting bacteria out into and, low Earth orbit type space all the time, and maybe it, it bumped into some there. You know, it, it could entirely be, as you say, that our bacteriosphere is much bigger than we think. But the fact that it lives out there tells you something else. It tells you that, I mean, what is it Robert A. Heinlein said? Low Earth orbit is halfway to anywhere, right? It tells yeah. you that bacteria could be anywhere in the universe, Right. If it can survive out there, if it can make it there, it can make it anywhere. To quote New York, New York. Right? <laughs> That's right, and it could certainly make it places like Mars. I mean, Mars would be downright. You know, that'd be a sunny day at the beach. You know, compared to low Earth orbit. Um, so if 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 uh, ever if we vent bacteria into low Earth orbit and somehow we're just to, you know make it to, to Mars, you know, we may, when we do get to Mars, we may, we may arrive and find that it's not a sterile environment at all. That, right. You know, that there's bacteria there already and it, and it could very well have come from Earth. Um, what I'm looking forward to us finding on Mars is tardigrades. 
I think that will be so yeah. hilarious. I bet we find them on every planet in the solar system. I think it would just be funny. <laughs> they're just everywhere. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, <laughs> and and they brought the bacteria that turned into life on this planet. You know, they they just they they happen to have a a little of it on their feet. Probably grades are amazing in. little little creatures, aren't they? they, they yeah, and are. they've been slowly colonizing the universe. That's my that's my tardigrade theory. Maybe something to it. We'll we'll have to shelve that though because we got a bunch of other stories to talk about tonight. Anyway, there it is. Once again, aliens. Once again, it's a fairly serious topic. Yeah, and we're not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. But the Russians are okay. There yeah, it is. Yeah, the Russians. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. Imagine a cosmonaut with that haircut, you know. Um, there you go. He knows what he's talking about right there. Absolutely. That's right. All right, here we go. Student invents a phone battery that lasts 400 years. Now, this is an interesting story because they tell it, if you read the story, like this was all some accident. But as I read it, as you get deeper into the details of the story, it sounds like it wasn't an accident at all. It sounds like this particular student, a young lady named Ty, is trying to figure out how to use uh, nanowires to make batteries. We all know that eventually, one day, we're going to have super powerful, super long-lasting batteries thanks to nanowires, that their ability to hold the charge, their ability to be super conductive is going to provide for much, much more potent, much more capable batteries than we've ever owned before. So she's one of many people dabbling in trying to figure out how to how to make this work and she takes a nanowire and I believe she coated it first with gold and then she put another substance some kind of plastic on top of that it was just a, a combination that had not been tried before and voila hallelujah you get the, the battery that they say would last 400 years I mean <laughs> that is that is pretty amazing now it turns out that to produce them at the scale that you would need, even for everybody to have one in their phone, would be exorbitant. It would be too expensive to make these. But it's a nice proof of concept. It's it's a it's a That's nice. Right. Well, you, you you work up to it. I mean, and if you've got a good theory of how you know, uh, and 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 you have a uh, you have a working concept of what, it, then you then you just begin you you start down that road towards uh, you know ramping up your manufacturing to do it. And uh, before you know it, it's it's cheap enough to actually put into a phone. But uh, there you go. Cool. I mean, and, very, in very fact, cool. the story even talks. The story even ends by saying, "Hey, you know, we could do it with nickel, and it would cost a lot less." And what's interesting is one of the first comments on that story. If you keep reading down there, somebody pointing out, "Oh, nickel is very rare." So, in fact, we would run out of nickel on this planet real quickly. And then you go, "Well, okay, well, we got to go mine the asteroids for nickel, so we can all have super powerful batteries." That works for me fine. Okay, you know, we can. <laughs> we we need a reason to be out there anyway, right? So. Exactly. So, so it's a good, yeah, it's a good story. Um, it's a good proof of concept. Uh, continue the research, please, and let's find a way to do it that will work financially. We, we should do business with the tardigrades to get the nickel, right? Or do something. <laughs> Ask them what their batteries run. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, now, right. Next, next okay. we got a tiny, a tiny robot designed to fight cancer that could be inserted into the human body. Stephen, did you get a chance to read about this? This is really awesome. Well, I mean, this is this is something that we have have been, you know, contemplating, thinking about, uh, both in writing and on the on, on the show and its predecessor for for ages. Yeah. But uh, looks like if we're finally we're finally getting there. I mean, and, uh, you know, what it was a couple of years ago that people, you know, you could swallow a capsule sized, you know, uh, uh, you know, camera and. Uh, 
rather than you know uh, doing the scope that they lowered down, you know you could you could have something pass all the way through, and that was right. And that was a big deal. That was a big deal. So, uh, but this is uh, uh, this is something much t- much smaller and potentially much more effective. Absolutely. Well, what is really cool about this is we, we, we've known eventually there are going to be these very small robots. These are microbots, not quite nanobots yet, so, so yep. hold, your, hold your horses on that. But what I love about this is what they're repurposing to make it happen. So they're, they're making these robots out of spirulina algae, okay? mm-hmm. something, as they point out in the story, a product more recognizable as a health food product than a construction material. Listen, listen to what the researcher says. It says, rather than fabricate a functional microbot from scratch using intricate laboratory techniques and processes, we set out directly to engineer smart materials in nature. And here's the algae. It gives them everything they need to create this platform. The microbot is basically a very small machine that delivers targeted drugs to targeted cells. And the scaffolding, everything they needed to make it happen was right there in that Algae, proving once again, Stephen, that if you if you scratch nanotech, you get biotech, right, and vice versa. Right. It, well, and, and you know, we've often said that uh, uh, you know, life is is the proof of concept for nanotech, but exactly. it may be, it may turn out to be more than that. It may just be you know, it just, may just be nanotech, right. but, and uh, and and once and and what what we have to do is just I don't know. Uh, Put a saddle on it and ride it, right? I mean, it's just uh, um, you know, we have to we have to learn to con- control these these uh, various aspects of of life processes to to get the nanotech that that we want. So, anyway, it's fascinating and very cool. Very cool. It's just another example. Uh, we're, we're almost getting tired of saying this, but I'll never really get tired of saying this. But just another example of something we've been talking about for years that's finally happening. Right here it comes. It's a, one one more thing. Little robots going into people's bodies to to fight cancer. They don't have lasers yet, so you know I'm holding out for when they actually have, are firing tiny lasers right at the cancer. I think that will be. <laughs> we want nanobots with freaking lasers, okay? <laughs> Is it so much to ask? I just want some freaking lasers on the nanobots. Tell me, what am I paying you people for? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And then finally. Uh, We've got uh, one more story about uh, an, an amazing uh, step forward. Artificial intelligence will plunge into the universe of molecules in the search for amazing drugs. So this could have been a this could have been a Wednesday story. Now, a couple things I want to say about this story before we get into the details, or actually one observation I want to make about this story is if you look at the author's name, clearly a Russian, and I believe this piece was written in Russian and then machine translated into English, because <laughs> this is not exactly English. But I think I made sense of it anyway. I don't know if did, did you run into that while reading? It's like uh, the verbs well, don't really bit, yeah, uh, quite it, work. A little bit. Now, you know, interesting tangent. I think that uh, you know this machine translation will end up being better than than human translation here in a year or two. I mean, it, it's well, uh, it probably already is. I mean, who knows what version yeah. of what they were using, right? So I mean, that's yeah, right. It's just, it could be. It could be. This isn't exactly uh, cutting edge. And even then, you get the gist. You, you, you still. Yeah. You know, yeah. this this could have just been dumped it into Google Translate and pulled out what came out. But uh, e- even even with that, you do get the gist of what they're saying, which is wonderful. Wonderful image that they give at the beginning. They talk about there's a hundred to four hundred billion galaxies in the universe, 
And if you want to talk about the number of possible organic compounds with medicinal abilities, that is 30 orders of magnitude greater than the number of galaxies in the universe. Okay, so just to try to get an idea of the scope of what we're talking about, when, when we talk about searching in the, you know, the haystack, the ultimate haystack for the ultimate set of needles, the, the molecules, the drugs that could actually be wonder drugs, you know, for treating any imaginable disease. I mean, you got to figure 30 orders of magnitude greater than 400 billion galaxies. The cure for everything has got to be in there, right? Every conceivable... Yeah, I mean, it, the, the fix for everything has got to be in there. But how will we well, ever find and, it? And it's, it's just a lot, of, it's a lot of needles and very big haystacks, isn't it? And yes. using traditional methods of, you know, sorting out uh, what, what's, what's helpful to us and what is not, we, you know, uh, <laughs> the universe is over before we, before we do that, right? I mean, we, Exactly, uh, we, yeah. The heat, the heat death of the universe. The heat death of the universe will, will occur before we even get a good start on this project. That's the problem. But if we have uh, if we have artificial intelligence that's able to shuffle through these things at you know breakneck speed, um, and and do basically virtual experiments with these things, I mean, it's so fast that it's you know it's just going through these things, you know, um, so, and and again, this could be for medicine, this could be for batteries, we've mentioned tonight, Uh, all, you know, you know, pretty much any kind of materials tech, it's, uh, um, these things, this is the way we will discover the wonder drugs and wonder materials of of the future. Absolutely, I mean, this this one is specifically about medicine, but what you're saying about uh, about material science applies as well, because all of chemistry is is the same set of opportunities and yeah. the same set of challenges, everything that... And, and think, think of the, the, the medicines that we have to take now. You know, if you've yeah. got any kind of condition, they give you, uh, okay, here's, here's a pill to take, and uh, the side effects are like a mile long, right? Right. Because it's not, it's not exactly what you need. Right. It's, it's the best we can do with what we have. With with it the addresses some of what's wrong with you. Yeah. 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 In, in and, some and way. Yeah, and, and in a way, we're you know we're shooting a shotgun at the problem, you know, instead of a rifle, right? We're just right. doing our best to, you know, throwing something in the general direction of the problem and hoping for the best is is sometimes what we do in medicine. And uh, uh, what if we have the, we know that this is the exact molecule you need? Here it is, and it's not going to do anything it doesn't need to do. It's going to only do everything you need it to do. And here's the pill. And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be night and day. Uh, well, in comparison what's, to what's really interesting, if you read this, if you read this article, they talk about finding the needle and how machine learning can artificial intelligence can look for the needle, but also how machine learning can generate new needles, how algorithms can put two neural networks against each other and talk about possible sets of properties that we haven't even thought about before. And suddenly we're defining whole new spaces for what drugs might do that we just haven't even even thought about, right? It just hasn't even occurred to us yet. But it can start validating some of these, and suddenly we're looking for things that we didn't even know to think to look for before. It's kind of like, to give a really crude analogy, we talked about how machine learning learned to solve Atari video games, and it solved them by deploying strategies that don't look like they're going to work at all. Right, that look like you're crazy, and and they would they would do these things that 
that seemed to fly in the face of actually winning the game. And, and then a few moves later, they would turn out to be the most effective way to win. And well, and, and that is and that is in solving something as simple as you know an Atari Twenty Six Hundred video game like Space Invaders, right? Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's a very simple problem. Um, imagine the complex. But even that, we can't think of. of we can't think of the strategy, right? We just can't. Yeah, imagine. we can't think of it. We, yeah, it's coming up with a strategy we would not have thought of. Right. In in, a, in the simplest of problems. Now think about the complex problems. Now, you know, um, you know, we we were just we're just basically rolling dice because we don't even know how to get started with some of these problems. And uh, right. And, and, and I guess the machines won't know either, but they, they move so quickly that, uh, you know, that things can be tried that, you know, would never, you know, that it would never popped into our minds to try. Right. And, uh, and because they don't care. They don't care if it makes, if it sounds right, if it makes sense or not, if it leads someplace, yeah. they, they'll, they'll right. go there and bring us back, you know, the cure for cancer or whatever it ends up being. Absolutely. And yeah. let me tell you two reasons I'm, especially excited about this particular story. One is we're in the very earliest, we, we don't realize this, but we're in the very earliest days of artificial intelligence. We're not even really there yet. We're not even to 1.0 yet, really, right? So that's one reason to be excited. Yeah. And we're not really to quantum computers yet. Either. We're, not even, we're not even beta testing yet. We're alpha yeah. testing. Yeah, <laughs> right. We're not even really beta. We're alpha testing AI, and we don't have the platform yet because we, uh, we don't have the quantum computers yet. When we have real artificial intelligence running on quantum computers, it's going to have a real shot at taking on these problem spaces. And I want to revise something I said on Wednesday's show, which is I can't even imagine what the next set of benefits will be. Here they are, right? Here's, here's the, the next avenue for post-scarcity where we suddenly can cure anything, where we suddenly can discover materials that will solve any problem because the natural progression of the software and the hardware have enabled us to make those discoveries. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, with that, very positive thought. Uh, let's geek out, man. See any good movies? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I took the kids to see Coco uh, last weekend, and man alive, it was great. Um, you know, okay, every, I'm just going to say it right now. It looks creepy. I don't know. Why do I want to go see a movie about a bunch of skeletons? It doesn't look like a good movie. What? Uh, no, set me straight. You know, it, and it has a lot of skeletons in it, and it's, you yeah. know, it's the... It's the uh, um, idea of the Day of the Dead, right? Right. Uh, yep. And um, it's. I'm going to tell you, it's not creepy even in the least. It, you know, it's it's not for one second did I feel like I was uh, did I feel creeped out by this by this movie. It was a charming family film. It was great, and uh, you know, it's. I, I don't want to give too much away of the plot, but. Uh, it's uh, you know you you you've got a uh, you've got a kid that uh, is is you know feels uh, compelled uh, to uh, you know he's 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 got musical talent and he wants to uh, he wants to pursue that but uh, music is sort of uh, uh, forbidden in his family because uh, of, of of a history that uh, you know where music took a family member away from them and it's. Right. Uh, it's it's a charming charming story. I I, I loved it from beginning to end, and uh, yeah, um, I, I don't think that uh, young kids would be uh, off put by it at all. It's uh, uh, it's it's a it's a great story. Uh, take your kids, Phil. I think you I think you'll okay. all have a good time. All right. Well, yeah. you've got me you've got me kind of intrigued. I I'm still kind of creeped out though. So we'll have to see if we. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I will tell you, there's there's a uh, there's a there, there's a pre-show thing. Uh, Pixar does this often. They they will put a uh, um, uh, a know, short, like a, yeah. a, a short in front of the movie, and uh, there was a, it was a Frozen short. And, oh, cool! Um, and except it wasn't cool. it wasn't it was uh, I thought it was I thought it was poorly done. I didn't like it. Oh, really? Um, was it the, yeah, the snowman and, guy or who? Well, yeah, the, the snowman guy was in it. The two sisters were in it. Uh, uh, was it Zden or whatever his name is? Uh, he 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 was briefly in it, uh, and it just I don't know. It just came off forced, and uh, I, I didn't like it. I, I can't really put my finger on it, but uh, it, um, I'm not alone in that. I I I, uh, I got out there and read some reviews, uh, and uh, and there's some in in a universally just about everybody loves Coco, and uh, it's really mixed uh, reviews on the. Uh, on the frozen short. So Interesting. You know, let me know what you think of that. I, I didn't, I, you know, and, and for heaven's sake, do not, you know, uh, anybody listening to this program, don't walk out of the, you know, because the frozen short t- is terrible. You didn't like it. Uh, stick with them. Well, your anybody movie, who leaves the feature because the short before is done yeah. is not good. Yeah, you know, exactly. Get, get through get the short and enjoy the, enjoy the movie. Yeah. All right. Fair it. enough. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I will, I'll see if I can persuade, people around here to check it out. I don't know that I'm going to make a lot of headway on that, but uh did get to see the Justice League movie last weekend. What so. do you think? What do you think? Oh, well, I enjoyed it very much. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I would just say there needs to be more of the Joss Whedon style of storytelling in the DC universe. That it's, I'm yeah. glad it found its way into that movie. And you can kind of see the Zack Snyder parts and the Joss Whedon parts. They really are, you know, kind of in they're, conflict they're, they're with each other throughout. With one another. Yeah, throughout the movie, but it still kind of works anyway, because because yeah. there are these tendencies. You know, I mean, Batman is a complicated guy, and you know, they live in a complicated universe, and we're coming out of a a very strange background story. So all of that kind of works. It kind of works that there's this little bit of tension between those two things. But I just I had a really good time. I just enjoyed the story. And I enjoyed the characters very much. I think the Flash is great. I um, I think uh, Aquaman is fantastic. That is the best version of Aquaman you can imagine. I think, right? <laughs> yeah, it was great. I love <laughs> they, it. They really Aquaman got that was, good. Uh, Aquaman was great, and I think the the uh, the character that, uh, that needs to be fleshed out the most, <laughs> so to speak, is uh, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Yeah. If you well, um, once again, I, I he as far as I'm concerned, he's a Teen Titan who's been forced into the Justice League for no good reason. So, yeah, <laughs> do something interesting with. He said "booyah" at the end, which I guess is a thing he used to say on Teen Titans, and even that's something. Okay, so do, you know, if you got to give him teenage angst, do that. Whatever you need to do. I mean, he did have one of the funniest lines in the movie when uh, when when he told. Uh, Batman, yeah, while you were being an AH, I uh, was running the numbers, and I figured out, I, I thought that was quite funny. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but generally, I just, I, you know, there's a lot of chemistry, actually, between uh, b- between Ben Affleck and, I'm sorry, what's her name? Uh, Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, and, Gal Gadot. And just, well, just a, a, a good kind of feeling of everything they wanted to have happen there, kind of this team coalescing and the superheroes kind of coming together. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I liked it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I, the entire team is good. And we there's one there's one team member we have not mentioned, and we probably shouldn't because it's too big of a spoiler. So, um, but it, it, Yeah, well, it's go a, figure uh, who that team member is. Huh? And, uh, 
<laughs> but right. uh, not That's... to give anything away, when that team member showed up, that was quite good. That was very satisfying. And it was a good handling of that character, something I've been looking for for, for some time. But I won't say any more than that. And you know why, Stephen? Because we're out of time. There it is. We are out of time. And it's been a great week. We've had a fun week. It's fun geeking out with you, as always. Fun sharing the good news with you, as always. Thank you all for being with us. We are going to be back next week with three brand new shows. Look forward to being with you all then. And until next time, live to see it.